Hey, video game fans, I'm Ben Bertoli. And I'm Push Dustin. And this is Memory Card. So, after editing 25 episodes of this podcast, I have come to a conclusion. That my voice is super sexy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. No, what I actually found is that when I'm the expert for an episode, I talk way too fast. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think I just get excited and kind of like rush through it. I have too much info and I want to cram it all in there. So for this episode, I'm going to try and slow down a bit. Yeah, that that's, sounds like a good idea. By the way, is there anything weird that I do? Well, you do this really deep and loud intake of breath at the end of each sentence. It's extremely distinct, and I usually just cut it out of the show. Huh, that's kind of weird. I was never really aware of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, sometimes you don't notice that kind of thing until you listen to it afterwards. Uh, you want to go ahead and get this one rolling? Sure. You know, in the intro, I kind of was joking about talking too fast, but that is a real thing that I do. But for this episode, I, it might actually come in handy because I have a feeling it's going to be one of our longest episodes ever. Oh, uh, maybe I should go to the bathroom before we start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you need to. Now now would be a good time. Um, I, I, I started researching today's topic and then i just kind of like fell down a rabbit hole mm -hmm. um because it's like multiple different things and i kept seeing like oh that one's cool i'm gonna pull that one in so uh today's topic is about different game boy accessories and there are a lot of weird ones out there a lot more than i thought so i'll try to spend less time on each one but there are some that definitely had a lot more interesting info than others Let's start with a simple question, and that is, what is your favorite Game Boy game of all time, Push? Do you include a Game Boy Color, Game Boy Dance titles as well? Yes, yes, but let's try and get away from Pokemon, since that seems to be everyone's favorite. Actually, I was going to say Wario Land 3. It's a good pick. And that was for the Game Boy Color, right? Yep. Because you're a big Wario fan overall. Yeah, I, I love Wario's design. He, he reminds me of, of, of myself. <laughs> Constantly <laughs> farting, eating garlic. Exactly, and uh, just riding motorcycles and stealing people's money. I mean, that's just <laughs> totally my persona. That's what you do in Japan. I don't know if people know that. Yeah. You're a professional uh, thief and motorcycle stuntman. I, I ride across the country wearing a, a mask over my face. <laughs> I'm going to kind of break my own rule that I just set here, but I think my favorite Game Boy game is actually uh, Pokemon Puzzle Challenge. Not a main not a main series Pokemon game. Oh, okay. But it's that like Tetris Attack type. Uh, you know, they got puzzles and things like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, when I was growing up, I don't think I really had that many accessories for the Game Boy. Really, the main one I had was just that light. Oh yeah, I think everyone had that um that light. Kids, kids these days, they don't really know what it's like. <laughs> they don't understand. Yeah, they don't know what it's like to have a a mobile device that doesn't have a backlit screen. Uh, I always played the Game Boy when whenever we did um road trips road trips and stuff like that yeah so playing at night without that light <laughs> was impossible yeah it really is unless you're in like a city area and even then you have to like turn it to the right angle yeah the first accessory would would destroy that problem and that is the handy boy which is essentially like the swiss army knife of game boy accessories wait did this have a magnifying glass on it yes uh, it was I think one, I had of, this one. one of many things 
This was this was not just a magnifying glass though. Push. This was like a whole accessory kit. And uh, here I have the uh, like little press release for it. I'm just gonna read it. It's the stereo amplifying, screen magnifying, night lighting, fire button enlarging, thumbstick controlling, compacting, easy carrying accessory for your Game Boy. Whoo! Try saying that three times fast. It's a mouthful. <laughs> but that's what you get when you have it all. Other Game Boy accessories leave you with nothing to say. Hey, it's the only one worth talking about. Handy Boy. Don't settle for less. So, the Handy Boy was made by an unfortunately named company, which was STD Entertainment. Oh, no. Yes, and I could not figure out what STD stood for uh, in this case. I, I looked all over the internet, couldn't do it. But the Handy Boy came with these big speakers that it kind of like slipped over the top of the Game Boy, and then it had these speakers that went out to the side, had a magnifying glass on top. Inside the magnifying glass, there were lights, it made your buttons pop out more, and gave you an analog stick, like a joystick for your Game Boy, which seems ridiculous. But, you know, this whole thing, usually Game Boy lights and stuff like that are powered by the Game Boy. Yeah. But this one needed its own extra battery pack. So the thing that's saying that, like, it's super simple, like, it's not. <laughs> Every account that I've read of this is, like, it's way too heavy, way too bulky. Yeah, I always remembered, like, carrying a ton of extra batteries with me. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not like the Game Boy was the Game Gear where it would die really quickly, but it's always nice to have extra batteries i can't imagine that you would want to uh, waste them on this behemoth <laughs> i posted a picture of this on twitter just because i was you know looking through ads and i thought it was funny and someone's like is that a transformer <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> it's like an optimus prime in your pocket although i doubt it could fit in your pocket uh the second accessory is uh speaking of pockets is the pocket sonar have you heard of this before game boy pocket sonar i think i might have like you could use it for like treasure hunting no, you use it for fish. Use it for fishing. Oh. So the full title is the Gyogun Tanchiki Pocket Sonar. Gyogun. Gun. Gyogun. Sorry. You know me. I'm not a native Japanese speaker like you. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not native. <laughs> what? You lied to me. <laughs> no. So this thing came out in the summer of 1998, and it kind of, it's like this long blue cartridge that you attach to the top of your Game Boy Color Game Boy Pocket. Mm. And attached to that big blue cartridge is this really long wire that ends with this yellow cylinder. It almost looks like a little pop can that you would throw into the water and it would sink down and then it would emit the actual sonar so you could figure out where fish were. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's extremely creative for the time, I would say. And I guess uh, while you're waiting for fish to appear, there's like fishy mini games that you can play. Would they be dependent on fish actually being there, or could you just play them anytime? As far as I could tell, you could just play them whenever. Mm -hmm. I guess they don't want to distract you when actual fish are around. Because <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a fish right there. Like, oh, I'm going oh, for the high score. Go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the pocket sonar for Game Boy was actually the first of two gaming devices that used sonar. The other one was mm -hmm. for the Wonderswan. And Kelsey Lewin actually mentioned it when we had her on as a guest a couple episodes ago. Yeah. And just like the Wonderswan, the pocket sonar was exclusive to Japan. So if you see one at your local gaming store push, you need to pick it up. So the next time we meet in person, we can go fishing. Finally, finally, someone can take me go fishing like my dad never did. <laughs> can I call you Paha? <laughs> if you want. If you want, as long as you don't do that weird breathing thing. <laughs> I don't think I should do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're going to fall over. 
the third and fourth Game Boy accessories are the Game Boy camera and the Game Boy printer, mm-hmm. which are probably the most uh, well-known on the list, I would say. Did you ever have a Game Boy camera? I remember using it one time, but I don't think I ever owned it. Yeah, I definitely got a red one, I feel like, right when they came out. And uh, I didn't know this, but apparently when the Game Boy camera came out, it was officially worldwide the smallest digital camera in existence. Like, it actually was put into the Guinness Book of World Records, which is a little nutso. I didn't realize it was that big of a deal. Mm. But yeah, it, it launched in Japan in uh, February of 1998, and it was called uh, not the Game Boy camera, but the pocket camera in Japan. And for those of you who don't know, the Game Boy camera basically just took these little grayscale photos, which didn't look that great, but they were pretty neat for the time. Yeah. So the idea for this actually came from Nintendo hardware designer Masato Kuwahara. And I guess when he brought this to Nintendo, like internally, they were like, no, this is not going to work. We do not trust you to do this. Who are you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who is this guy? He's just walking in here, pitching us cameras. (laughs) Please leave. This is a video game studio, sir. (laughs) I guess they really only got on board when he took it to the president of Creatures, Inc., which was a guy whose name is Chip Tanaka. And Chip was kind of famous for having done all of these different 8- and 16-bit musical scores for Nintendo games at the time. Yep. So once Chip convinced Nintendo to get on board with this Game Boy Camera project, they got their research and development team on it, and they worked with Jupiter, Mm. who's known for the Picross games, to develop the Game Boy Camera. A lot of people had their hands on it. Yeah. Well, I guess it was kind of a big undertaking. I I looked at this uh, picture of like a prototype and it was huge. It was like three times the size of a normal Game Boy. Not really something you want to put in your pocket. Yeah, I don't think you could. It's like a handy boy. It's too much. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't realize there were so many different colors. Growing up, I thought maybe there was just like two, like red and blue. Mm. But there's like blue, green, red, yellow, and there's a clear purple, which is super cool. That was in Japan only. Isn't there a gold one as well? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that either. There's a special Zelda one that had, like, special Zelda content within it. I guess it was exclusive to the U.S. You had to actually order it through Nintendo Power Magazine, which is wild. Yeah, I got into um, Zelda collecting, and I found that out, and I was just like, ah, that's probably something I'm never going to own. Yeah, I didn't really look into it, but I assume it's kind of pricey. Yeah. On the thing, obviously, you could take pictures the Game Boy camera head like rotates around so you can take pictures of yourself. So a lot of people like cite it as one of the first devices that selfies. Yeah, to take selfies on. It's kind of wild to think that Nintendo was ahead of the curve on that one. But yeah, there was also games. Uh, there's one called Space Fever, which I guess is a sequel to a Nintendo arcade game. Yes, actually, I was just looking into this the other day. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's also some Game & Watch type of games. There's one like Ball where you just have to juggle and it puts your own picture, like your face on it. There's also a DJ game, which is interesting. The Space Fever game, um, the original one played um, a lot like Space Invaders, but then they changed it up in the Game Boy camera version where they made it more boss wave. I remember the game. I mean, I still have my Game Boy camera, but I only remember the game kind of like vaguely. So maybe I'll have to hop on and give it a shot. But then I guess in Japan, you could also use the Game Boy camera within a Mario Artist, which was a series for the 64DD. Oh, you're talking about Mario Artist 64DD, okay. Yeah. And you've 
talked about the 64 dd in past episodes and there's we have a lost episode of that yeah that will we redo sometime (laughs) yeah at some point we'll do a full 64 dd but i guess you could like transfer your photos over you could post them online because there was a whole internet system that was involved with the 64 dd and then there was the game boy printer the game boy printer was just like a add-on accessory plug it in and you could print off the pictures you've taken it's a thermal printer and it kind of just like prints it on these long strips of uh sticker paper yeah I guess uh, I never really realized this because I only had the camera, not the printer. But I guess you, there were certain games where you could just go in and print stuff. Like at the end, and I think the biggest one was you could print uh, your certificate at the end of Pokemon if you like caught them all or beat the Elite Four. Yeah. No idea. And uh, there was also a special yellow Pokemon version that was only released in Japan, which also seems uh, pretty rare from what I've seen on the eBay. Yeah. In general, I don't see a lot of uh, Game Boy printer game boy um camera accessories that used hand used recycle i was really excited when i found a blue one at a used uh, store here in america that was like super cheap it was like three or four bucks and i was like yeah sure i'll take it oh, wow. plus then you know you get all the uh the creepy pictures that other people left on there yeah i mean i'm sure there's like an account that's like dedicated to that oh yeah for sure just like buying it up game boy <laughs> printers or game boy cameras and then just like taking the data off of them i think there's actually a um instagram account that just posts pictures that look like they're from the game boy camera oh yeah i think i follow that one and there's like when you go to take your picture i guess there's an option in the corner that just says run and if you press it it's literally does nothing but this like creepy face will pop up and it'll say what are you running from (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) like you know that scarred so many kids like what yeah that's like supposed to be an easter egg like of the one of the developers right yeah and they just like messed with the face and made it i mean it's not like scary scary but it's like weird yeah all right oh we got to keep rolling here boy i i definitely found too many of these things okay the next one is the work boy (laughs) when you gotta work it boy you gotta work boy work it so I'd never seen this one before. It actually, the reason is because it was never released. Mm. But this was one that was by Fabtech. Okay. And it came with a keyboard that plugged in to your Game Boy. Mm. The keyboard's pretty small, though. I think it's about the size of like a Switch case. It's like five, almost six, six inches long by like three and a half inches long. Okay. And uh, the Work Boy was like, it's basically like turned your Game Boy into a computer. It shows yeah. like an illustration of a guy like on a plane, like <laughs> typing on his Game Boy, which is great. It had more than 12 different features and uh, had a 255-year appointment book. Oh, wow. After that, though. Sorry, I'm all booked. Yeah, I'm all booked up for the next 255 years. So it had a clock, a day book, the temperature, apparently it could tell, a control menu, a calendar. It could do exchange rates. Um, It could keep your records. It could help you do, like, measurements of, like, metric things to, you know, like, traditional. It could keep track of your bank account, but it's funny because it's like showing all these things and half of them are like, you know, if you type it in, like we'll keep track of it. (laughs) Keep track of your precious golden hoard by entering your current bank account balance. This is perfect for you, Wario push. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. There's a map on there. There's a calculator and it also um, can help you auto dial people from a phone list. Oh, honestly, it's kind of (laughs) cool. I wish it had come out. Because I feel like I would go out of my way to buy this thing. Maybe it was too ambitious. I guess. I don't know. Because it like plugged into your Game Boy, but then I think it also plugged into an actual computer. So you could like upload and download software. And mm. I mean, it is 
pretty neat. So kind of sad that I never got to uh, to get my work on. But what are you going to do? Uh, so the next one, I'll start this one with a question. Uh, did you, do you ever have to do sewing in, uh, in high school or middle school, like a home ec type of situation? I think uh, middle school, I did like some sewing. And then actually, yes, uh, when I was here in Japan, I, I made an apron, which w- turned out horribly. Now, is this while you were still in school or is this? This was uh, when I was in high school. Oh, okay. When I was uh, in middle school, we had a home ec class where we had like cook and sew and stuff. And uh, I made a robot pillowcase. Which I still have, which I still have. Oh, and I also made some robot like sleeping pants, which are much too short for me now. A side note: I made a a, a vase or a vase in um like art class one year. You sewed it? That's wild. No, no, not not <laughs> not. I didn't sew it, but I just I just want to say this is this is this is the level of craftsmanship I have. Mm-hmm. I I made a, a a vase that was like the world's worst vase. <laughs> it would kind of cut you if you try to hold it. <laughs> and there's a whole like from 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 any angle <laughs> yeah it was just like very sharp and then like on the bottom there's a hole so you can't even like keep water in it <laughs> i don't know how i passed art wow my wife is an art teacher and she would be horrified <laughs> yeah I- i'm horrified that my mom kept it <laughs> that's amazing and the uh, 5,000th listener to this episode will win that vase. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't guarantee, care. <laughs> can't guarantee the shipping condition. The uh, FedEx guy just walks up to you and he's just bleeding. It's like, oh, God, please take it. This cursed vase. <laughs> oh, boy. We are so far <laughs> off topic now. No, but the next thing is the Game Boy sewing machine, which was not, you know, the Game Boy wasn't part of the sewing machine, but you could hook it to a sewing machine. Mm, yeah. While I was researching this, I found that Kelsey Lewin, once again, she had actually done a full video on this, much more in-depth than anything that I was planning to do. Mm-hmm. So if you look on the save file for this episode, once it's live, we will post that and you can kind of get a look at all of these weird sewing machines. So it started off just in Japan with one called the New Yell, the New Yell Jaguar. Ah! Got a yell. Ah! And it was like $500 and it would plug into the Game Boy, but it didn't come with a Game Boy. Because, you know, in Japan, everyone has to own a Game Boy by law. Like, it wasn't like you took the normal cord for trading Pokemon and you plugged it in on both sides. Like, it was just hardwired in, I believe. Mm. In America, they had one that was called the Isaac, which is much less cool. And these were kind of like translucent-looking sewing machines. You know how those old, like, Apple Mac computers kind of looked? The big ones that had that cool, like, see-through kind of thing? Yeah. So, yeah, it it was kind of like that in sections. And it came with this software for the Game Boy Color that when you plugged it in, it would like show you how to do certain stitches and it would let you embroider certain things. I'm not explaining it well because it makes it sound like it's teaching you how to do it. You literally just picked what you wanted and then the the sewing machine did it. It shows your pattern. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The uh, software that it came with in Japan was called Easy Easy Sewing Machine. And then in America, it was called Sewing Machine Operation Software. Sewing Machine Operating Software. Would you like to sew a dress? <laughs> um, and I guess it sold pretty well in Japan. But when they brought it over to America and they showed it off at all these, you know, trade shows where there's sewing machines, apparently. And uh, people were like super hyped for it in the sewing community. But when it actually came out, it was like 700 bucks. It actually came with a Game Boy, like a teal Game Boy color. 
and they had like day camps where you could come out like kids would go and be like hey look like sewing's cool <laughs> but seriously like that's what singer who owns the company yeah. they really wanted to make sewing hip again question mark <laughs> i don't know if it ever was i mean it, it had to be at some point right because all the grandmas are doing it i guess it didn't do so hot because people who already had sewing machines were like, oh, that's so cool. But like, I don't need another sewing machine. Mm -hmm. And kids were like, I'm a child and don't have $700. So. <laughs> and I don't sew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It didn't do so so great. But it did come with a VHS, which is important because, you know, that makes it better. Yeah. But I think somewhere online, there's an actual like full video of just all the different uh, instructional parts to that. And then in Japan, so after they came out with that first one in Japan and it sold pretty well, they came out with a deluxe version that had like a pedal and it did have a Game Boy that came with it. And then they came out with a third version, which was the uh, Nuoto, which I'm probably mispronouncing. This one actually had a special like a unit that you could buy that would attach where you could actually lay the Game Boy into it. So it looked like it was one like giant sewing monstrosity. And uh, this one was like specially made for embroidering like that was like it's like you know big thing you want to embroider stuff you need to get the nuoto model it launched with like special software that only worked with it and it also launched with what is now my favorite mario game which is called mario family <laughs> <laughs> where you are mario and you start a family no it's not that it, it, it lets you like embroider characters from mario that's why mario is missing yeah because he went to start a family and i guess kirby family was also announced oh. they actually demoed it at space world 2001 they were like hey all you sewing fanatics <laughs> guess what kirby's coming and then they canceled it oh uh even though uh, mario family did come out they canceled the kirby family and apparently there was also supposed to be a pokemon version because they were like everyone's wild about pokemon they want to sew it on all their clothes hmm. so now they're kind of hard to find and pretty pricey if you stumble upon a Game Boy Color game that looks like it's sewing software, you know, pick it up. Probably worth a little something. Yeah, I've never seen this before. If you, if you stumble upon a full bundle that has a sewing machine and uh, the game and the VHS, then please buy it and ship it to me. Hey, listeners, we're putting this episode on pause for a moment to talk about supporting Memory Card via Patreon. If you're hearing this, you're probably not one of our patrons. How do we know? It's because all patrons enjoy ad-free episodes. Other perks include shout-outs, early access to episodes and bonus content, and even the chance to come on the show. If you enjoy Memory Card, we hope you consider pledging even a dollar or two, or three, or four, you know, just, just even a little bit helps. For more information, head to patreon.com slash memcard. And now, back to the show. Where'd I put that controller? Up next, we have one of the weirdest ones, but it's I'm going to cheat a little bit because technically you don't have to have a Game Boy for it. You can use it with other electronics, and that is the Pedisedate, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. And this is basically like a little helmet that you put on children okay. when they are about to go into surgery, and uh. it puts gas onto their face and knocks them out. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a useful thing to carry around. Yeah. So basically what happens is it's basically headphones with a mouthpiece that covers their mouth to cast them. And it also connects to a Game Boy and you play the Game Boy and you can hear it and it's calming and distracting and then you pass out. <laughs> but as long as it takes to gas a kid that you need to distract them with a full game. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you're doing better in the game. 
<laughs> you know, you're going to get more gas. <laughs> <laughs> you're, yeah, you're probably not going to get the proper gas unless you complete level two. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like, oh, you want this root canal? You better really go for it. Or else you're going to be in a lot of pain. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because I think this thing came out, but what I found was actually um, a patent video promoting it like mm. saying like this is my invention and here's what it does and at the start of it it's like <laughs> um the following footage contains scenes of graphic nature and i'm like why are you gonna show me real kid surgery <laughs> so at the start they actually do they at the start they show this kid who's getting stitches on his forehead and he's like crying and i'm like did they purposely not sedate him because they wanted to shoot this video <laughs> and then they have this kid who's obviously acting put it on and the doctor's like how you feel and he's like I feel fine. Like, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to put some gas in here. And then the kid's like doing that thing where he's like, whoa, and he's putting his <laughs> hand in front of his face and they like edit it. So he's like got multiple hands. Like he's tripping. Oh, wow. It's so weird. And uh, after that, <laughs> the doctor wakes him up and he's like, hey, like, do you remember? Do you remember that? Like what just happened? And the kid's like, no, I have no idea. <laughs> he's like, excellent. Don't tell the police. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so weird. But yeah, that's the Pet date. I don't know if it ever went anywhere, but it's hard to find a list of weird Game Boy accessories without including that one. So had to throw it on there. Mm. And, and following that is another medical device for the Game Boy that was called the Gluco Boy. Mm. Do you want to guess what that one is uh, regarding? That would count your glucose levels? Yeah, yeah. For people with diabetes. I guess it was just like a cartridge you plugged in the back and then you'd put in like your strip of paper with your blood on it and it would count your glucose level. And it was actually like FDA approved, I guess, which is really rare for something that's also a game. Yeah. What you would do is you would test your blood and if you did it at the right amount of intervals and your blood level was good, then you would get glucose reward points in the game which were called grips because <laughs> glucose reward points, I guess, grips. Okay. And then that converted to an in-game currency. Mm -hmm. You were like in a bedroom hub and then you would go to these different posters or whatever around your room and you could start up these games. There's like mini games and there was two main games. One was called The Lost Star Saga, which is an RPG. And one was called Knock 'Em Down, which is kind of like a shoot 'em up So if, if you have if you have diabetes and i say this as someone who has diabetes it's either uh, a star saga or knock them down <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, but i guess the rpg is actually pretty legit i watched some footage of it and it even though it has this kind of normal sci-fi setting the graphics look pretty cool the attacks look pretty cool i mean if i was a kid with diabetes i would be <laughs> thrilled to uh play this game <laughs> you'd be thrilled <laughs> just cut you off <laughs> i would not be not be thrilled to have diabetes but <laughs> yeah and i guess this whole thing came about because there was this guy who was not a game designer or anything and his name was paul wessel and he has a son with diabetes mm. and his son kept losing his meter like he never knew where it was but he could always find his game boy mm. it didn't matter he's like a pulled out of the couch cushions like oh here it is dad so he was like what if i made <laughs> what if i combined the two <laughs> yeah what if it made a meter that went in the Game Boy? But this poor guy, he, he struggled for years and years working on this. I mean, he won some awards and he got some grants, but it was never enough until he finally got this $1.5 million investment from the Australian Investment Bank. So now he could hire a developer, he could get everything kind of rolling, and the game would eventually launch exclusively in Australia for about $300 a pop. Mm. 
which is pretty pricey. Yeah. But apparently it was like good enough and interesting enough that the big medical company called Bayer approached him because he was about to take it worldwide. He's like, all right, Australia, we, we tried it. Like it went pretty well. And now we're going to, you know, let's go on conquer the world. Yeah. Oh, I, I need to mention this. And that is that when he pitched it to Nintendo to make it like an official, mm. you know, he didn't want to do like a bootleg thing. Nintendo of Japan people were like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, we do not want a medical device because like, what if it fails? Like, what if it yeah. tells the kid the wrong thing and then they crash? Yeah, them? And, and then they blame their, the Game Boy. Yeah, exactly. And I guess diabetes is pretty rare in Japan. It's not that uncommon now. It was, though, back in the day. Oh, okay. So Nintendo was just kind of like, this is not our forte. <laughs> like, we're sorry. But I guess he eventually, like, wore them down. And they were like, okay, fine. We've seen what you can do, and we trust that this is actually, like, a good medical device. But yeah, like I said, Bayer swooped in and was like, hey, you want $10 million? Because we want to buy this from you, and we also want to bring you on to, like, help make a sequel to it for the DS. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, apparently they also went out i don't know if they bought them off of people but they basically destroyed all the gluco boys that came before oh geez so it's like super rare and the rumor is that only two of them exist and one of them is at bayer's research facility and the other one is that paul wessel owns it the original creator like still has one uh once again kelsey has a wonderful video on this that you should probably watch uh, i guess the ds version sold a lot better than the the gluco boy did in the end because you know it was more of world worldwide they actually released it right they released it all over so that's it i mean forget the sewing machine if you see the <laughs> gluco boy in the wild yeah you, you pay all all the money you have in your bank account remortgage your house <laughs> go into debt <laughs> please please for the sake of gaming history okay the last one and this is a kind of another two-part but i will not stay on the first part for very long okay and the first one is the barcode boy which um, was developed by namco mm -hmm. and released only in japan in 1992 basically it was like a sensor on the top where you could mm -hmm. scan barcodes off of like anything didn't have to be a specific type of you know card mm -hmm. or code you could just go like scan your fruit loops and your you know <laughs> tide pods or whatever you got laying around <laughs> they did make like actual games for this there's one called monster maker barcode saga and then there was other games that literally were just like hey kids go around your house and scan different barcodes and they will make you know different special things appear in the game which is Kind of a neat idea. Yeah, it's like kind of like Monster Rancher with the CDs. Yeah. Um, and this kind of not necessarily led to, but was the, uh, the precursor to the e-reader. So we talked about the e-reader in the Animal Crossing episode. And like we said, it's kind of like a credit card reader on top of the Game Boy Advance. And uh, there was two versions of it released. One that was only in Japan called the e-reader. And one that came to America that was called the e-reader plus in Japan. But everywhere else, it was just the e-reader mm -hmm. the only difference really is that the second one had a like a through line for um the game link cable so you could plug it into the gamecube and then into the game boy advance and you could also like do like multiplayer stuff yeah link up with it i guess it was also announced for europe but they started selling it and immediately were like this is a huge mistake <laughs> and they canceled it <laughs> It didn't do that great in North America either, but I guess it was considered a success in Japan. I don't know. Have you seen a lot of these just kind of laying around in the used stores? No. No? <laughs> I have not, but in um, online auctions, I see them quite often. Oh, okay. Or maybe everybody yeah. kept them because they're so popular. 
Basically, the eCard reader could read the special dot code, essentially a specialized barcode technology mm. that they licensed from some other company that's called Olympus Corporation. I mean, I have my e-reader still, and I bought like the little packs of like NES cards, and you would just, you have to slide like 10 of them, like 20 slides, and it'd be like, you unlocked Balloon Fight. You're like, oh boy, <laughs> that 8-bit game, I'm so excited to play it. I mean, it's kind of a novel idea. Yeah. I think the cooler connection was that they came out with Pokemon cards that you could slide in there. Yeah. And then it would like give you info on the Pokemon or like unlock a little, you know, fun little video or some kind of special stuff. Yeah. They also had um, Animal Crossing cards that were yeah. the precursor to the Amiibo. Right. Right. Like I said, in the Animal Crossing, they came out with a special version of Animal Crossing that had the e-reader bundled in with it. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of a... A big deal in Japan, not a big deal anywhere else. Um, but they put out a lot of stuff for it. You know, it's kind of another one of those like Nintendo inventions that everyone looks back on. It's kind of like, man, that was so weird. <laughs> yeah. And Nintendo just keeps on coming back to it. Right. I'm sure it'll like pop up. Someone's going to pop a balloon in Animal Crossing. It's going to be like, you got the e-reader. <laughs> I was playing the old Animal Crossing and they gave me a Pokemon Pikachu. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. But that's it. Ten different Game Boy accessories that you may or may not know about. What was your favorite one, Push? Um, my favorite one was the Mario family. <laughs> You're just so glad that he settled down finally. Yeah, I'm just really happy. You know, like for a long time, it was just the Mario brothers. But now now it's the Mario family. <laughs> New Super Mario family, you. <laughs> I really like the work boy. Uh, just something weird about that and yeah so specific and i just can't picture a businessman like open up his briefcase and being like all right time to get to that expense report yeah <laughs> pull out his game boy so the next time you're looking at your game boy I, I think you just need to realize that you could be doing better <laughs> there's like a thousand there's a thousand things i mean you could be testing your blood you could be sewing you could be taking pictures yeah i mean you could just bulk it up with all unnecessary speakers and things like that so get your work on, boy. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Our intro and outro music was crafted by the talented chiptune composer, Jamatar. You can find more of his banging beats by searching Jamatar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify, or visiting Jamatar.com. If you have any feedback on the podcast or would like to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter, at MemCardShow, or visit our website, MemoryCardShow.com. And if you'd like, you can follow Ben and I on Twitter. Ben can be found at SuperBenTendo, and I can be found at PushDustin. Have you considered supporting Memory Card on Patreon? If not, we hope you will. Currently, we're supported by quite a few awesome people, including Jackson Bertoli, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Tyler Davis, Courtney Cotton, and Harrison. All of our Patreon info can be found on the support section of our website or on patreon.com slash memcard. We'll be back soon with some more gaming history goodness, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you enjoy the show. We'll see you soon. Oh! <laughs>